What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Slug, and Craig Krolbeck. And as always, you can go to nfldraft.theringer.com. Updating DK's big board this week to 85 players. If you go to nfldraft.theringer.com, you can see the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, love-making, earthquaking, Viagra-taking, justifying, death-defying, legendary Ringer NFL Draft Guide. nfldraft.theringer.com. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> it's Bruce Springsteen. I, I saw Springsteen in concert this week. Every, oh. This is just a clear divide of who has and has not seen Springsteen. That was intense. All right, now you have. Okay, well, we'll just move on. Anyway, we've talked a lot about the guys who are going to go in the first round this year, really, this whole podcast. And we wanted to give a little love today to the later round gems, the Brock Purdy's, the Travis Kelsey's, the Stefan Diggs's, but really the Brock Purdy's, the guys going in the later rounds who might be better than the dudes going one, two, five rounds earlier, whatever. So we're going to talk about that right off the top here. DK Solak, I want both of you, but DK first. If you had to mm. right now, it's what is it? April 11th? April 11th, you have to pick right now, do or die. Are the Carolina Panthers going to take CJ Stroud from Ohio State or Bryce Young from Alabama or Dorsey first <laughs> overall? Who, what's going to happen? Uh, I have no good reason for believing this, but I refuse to believe that they're taking Bryce Young. It's, it's completely flipped the last like, three days to Bryce Young. Like it's the, the smoke is all Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. That's all you hear. And now all the mocks are saying that I think both Schefter and Mortensen are saying it's Bryce Young. I refuse to believe I'm sticking with sticking with Stroud. Is your refusal personal? Like you don't believe Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick or you just think this is a giant misdirect. No, from I, I really Panthers. don't know why I just refuse to believe it. I don't have like a strong reason. It, it's just for some reason I'm like, I can't believe this. It, it's too, it feels too weird, <laughs> but we'll see. That's how I felt about chemtrails. So it's the same exact logic. <laughs> right. Just, just something odd. in my I, gut that tells me that the, the earth is flat and I can't right. get away from it. So like uh, 80% chance it's young. That would be what <laughs> I would say at this time. Yeah. Uh, the remaining 20% chance is like the Panthers are smoke screening young because they want to see if the Texans will trade them to move up to one to go get young and then they'll stay at two and take Stroud and they'll get picks and young is still coming into the building to visit this week. And Stroud's coming in to visit next week. And oh, we haven't decided anything and how involved is David Tepper, blah, 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 blah. But 80%, I think it's Bryce Young. I, it's that smoke's just been coming and coming and coming over the last, well, last week or so I buy it. So where's my me. question? <laughs> we were basically, so the Panthers traded up to one and they, we heard they wanted Stroud. And then there was this, thing that's been floated that the Panthers wanted. So apparently there's a strong belief that the Texans are really into Bryce Young, whether that's Nick Cassara, the front office connection to Alabama and Saban, or it's 
D'Amico Ryans, the head coach being an Alabama guy, connection to Bryce Young. Strong belief that Bryce Young to Texans. And so there was a strong belief that the Panthers wanted to convince the Texans they wanted Bryce Young so the Panthers would trade up like a third round pick to over, and then just the Panthers could take Stroud anyway. So now the Panthers are convincing people they want Bryce Young. Isn't this what we said would happen a few weeks ago? Why do we believe this, that it's coming out now so like We said that the Texans would, that the Panthers were going to pretend they want Bryce Young and now they're pretending they want Bryce Young, right? I don't know about this whole, we said this. I don't know, like I've, I'm not, I've never been of the mind that like, the Panthers were gonna were gonna do a gamesmanship thing. Um, my read on when they moved up was that they, you know, and this was the, a metaphor that that was made on ESPN with the whole Mac Jones who up to three for the Niners a couple of years ago. But my read when they moved up was that they knew they had at least one dude that they liked enough to take at this time, uh, and that at the time was C.J. Stroud. And the further and further we got away from the Panthers trade, the like in terms of, like people that I was talking to. When they moved up, they were like, oh, yeah, they moved up thinking they were going to take CJ. And then like a week later, it's like, well, when they moved up, they thought they were going to take CJ. And then like a month later, it's like, well, when they moved up, they thought they were going to take CJ. And like eight weeks later, when they moved up, it's like, okay, if they haven't decided yet that it's CJ, it kind of feels like it's maybe somebody else. Uh, and now you've seen this 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 big explosion of Bryce Young money in the markets and the sports books have moved. I think that they, over the course of the process, over meeting with Bryce Young before his pro day, and now they're meeting with him again this week, I think they've become enamored with him and that he's the bigot one. I don't have a logical reason for not believing this. I think it's uh, for whatever reason, I'm just like the the whole way that it's switched so dramatically over the last few days. I'm just like, I don't I don't buy it. It's bullshit. Maybe it's it's marketing. Probably, they're getting it's probably true. They got a trade up to one and they're like, hey, w- what if we have our cake and eat it too? We get Stroud at two now and convince the Texans to trade up to one for, for Bryce Young. All right. We're going to be talking about who goes first for the rest of the month. Let's get to we'll the check in cut, every guys. week. I, yeah. I figured, yeah, well, we're doing it twice a week, so probably. All right, name brand, off brand. Again, we're going to go find this show's Brock Purdy. So is that a little ridiculous and disingenuous? Maybe, but it's also what you want and you know it. So DK, in this absolutely ridiculous scenario where we just find another guy who goes last in the draft or whatever, who just magically becomes like a starting quarterback and slash cult leader for like the NFC favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, which quarterback from this year's draft class, if there, if I told you, if I came from the future and said one of the quarterbacks, who's not a guy we've been talking about at all, the quarterback position outside the top five prospects this year, that's going to like, as a rookie, be the most productive and successful rookie for a playoff team. Who, which, which quarterback? Slash cult leader. <laughs> Slash cult you didn't leader. really frame it that way when we were prepping for this podcast, but that's okay. Um, there, first of all, there is no other Brock Purdy. There's only one Brock Purdy. He's one of one. He's he's elite. Broccolis. Um, I just want to put that out there and say that and get that on the record before I say this. But it in That's terms good. of because it, the Brock cult will come after you if you don't say that. We went to the Super Bowl. How many 49ers fans said that they'd rather have Brock Purdy than Tom Brady? I think it was there four. was a bar owner who we spoke to who said, I'd rather have Brock Purdy than Tom Brady to our face. Brock Purdy just wins games, guys. I don't know what Tom Brady he wins he's, games, man. He wins like seven <laughs> games. <laughs> he wins anyway. anywhere from like six to nine total straight games. straight games. How um, could you argue with it? You know. So I think that there are. So the way that I looked at it is more like this is a guy that could come in and and be a spot starter for a team and like be somewhat impressive doing that. And I, I thought of Jaron Hall from BYU. Um, I don't think he has like high level starting traits, but he is mobile he could come in and kind of be like a poor man's version of uh of Jalen Hurts where he can like do a little bit in the run game um he's got a, a good enough arm accurate enough arm can do enough out of structure to run an offense again I don't think he's like a starter necessarily but I think he has sort of the mindset and the traits to come in and be a spot starter and and keep the offense kind of like a float if if the starter goes down so that's how I'm looking at this question I wasn't necessarily I think if it's you framed it as like a guy who could come in and like keep a good like a playoff team of I don't know about that, but I he think he could come to, in as a, a Hall of Famer after his rookie year. <laughs> like the yeah. fan base immediately falls in love with him. No, I think Jaron Hall to me is just like a, a, a great version of a backup that could come in and keep the offense afloat. I like that he's old. I like an old backup because it makes me think they're mature and they can handle it. You know what oh, I mean? He's 25 uh, years old. Hendon Hooker over here. He's yeah, big, there you go. Big, a backup. I don't want him as my one. starter. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wait, actually, while we're on that exact note, we got an email from Dave about Hendon Hooker who basically asked Dave. Dave, if email. all the Dave. smart Dave of all the people including us talking about NFL contracts are saying that the best team building strategy is to maximize the rookie quarterback contract. Cause those four or five years are really cheap. 
Why are we obsessed with young quarterbacks and why are we discounting old quarterbacks? And Dave basically writes, if you're truly planning winning during the first four or five years, wouldn't you want the quarterback who is the most experienced and is physically the furthest along in his development? Wouldn't the ultimate strategy to have a player in his prime years for as cheap as possible? <laughs> so why are we out on Hendon Hooker? So like you're well, the preeminent like, Hendon yeah, Hooker he hater. Maybe in his prime, but isn't his prime just worse than other players? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the problem. He's so, in his prime. Right. There's Our this one problem, won. Happy. <laughs> yeah. His prime isn't now, any good. Now, now Craig, yeah. I, I would encourage you to be careful over there as a proprietor of Kenny Pickett stock. All right. You don't want to get too far over your skis in terms <laughs> of old players, guys who only become successful in college when they're like three years older than all of their opponents, et cetera. I have a diversified portfolio. I don't own a ton of Pickett <laughs> stock. Let's just say that. A little bit. Very good, very smart. Right. So there's wisdom to what Dave is saying, right? He's saying in a world in which we want our starting quarterback to be on a rookie contract because of the competitive advantage that it provides, why wouldn't we want that guy to be older? And to a degree, like, yes, physical prime is nice. I would say that, you know, a 25 versus 22, like, I, I don't think it's that measurable of a difference. I'm not worried about, like, drafting a 21-year-old and then, like, oh, he's going to, what, like, grow three inches and it's going to change his game? Like, that's not something that, that I'm super concerned about. Uh, if, if that 21-year-old or that 25-year-old have taken the same number of snaps, reps, throws at the college level, then developmentally they could be at the same place. And then to me, there's not much of a difference. The issue, though, the primary problem with Dave's world is this. If we, if, if we have Dave's world is the <laughs> world that Dave's living in. <laughs> Dave, no, I, fucking I idiot. Like it's fantasy life not, he's living. No, 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 Wake no, up, no, I'm Dave. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very poorly now. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, we don't yet have in the NFL the consistent uh, responsive teams like draft quarterback playing for the rookie deal and then let him leave. Draft quarterback and playing on the rookie deal and, and let him leave. Invariably, if your quarterback is good on the rookie deal, you're going to be expected to want to have huge fan pressure to sign him to the second contract. And then you run into the issue of, okay, Hedden Hooker's on a second contract and he's 30, whereas Anthony Richardson's on a second contract and he's 25. That's your that's the main problem you're running into. If you were always successfully just, oh, five years later, new quarterback, five years later, new first-round quarterback, then sure, but that's not the way the NFL works. Not yet, and I don't think not ever. So it makes it hard to kind of say, oh, just draft an old rookie, or draft an old draft player, and you get him in as a rookie, playing for five years, keep doing that. And I don't think it's tenable. Dave. That being said, Jaron Hall, he's old. and He's, he's an old. A good backup. He, I, I kind of compared him a little bit to Tyler Huntley in some ways. Like, you know, he can go to a Pro Bowl as an alter, as like an eighth alternate, and and that'd be fine. But I don't think you're actually like designing your franchise around him type of player. Like a guy who could come in, run around a little bit, make some throws. Uh, he had a fifty-two to eleven touchdown to interception ratio in college. Like very productive. He's known as a leader. Everybody rallies around him. He he's married. You know, he has at least one kid. Um, you know, <laughs> nice. there's he's he's. He knows, he's got, he he's knows got his life together. He's yeah. got his shit together. Okay. Yeah, guys with kids, they want to keep cashing in paychecks, all right? Mature. They have to. show up in the building. Yeah, come on. All right, any other Brock Purdy candidates before we uh, keep going here? I wrote down Dorian Thompson Robinson. I was I like a quarterback out of UCLA. He's the guy from a, has a quick release, has the movement skills. Like He's a much better runner than Purdy. He can be a legit dual threat guy. But if you tell me like, hey, a sixth round, seventh round UDFA guy starts and wins a few games in this class, I'm betting on DTR. Hyper competitive, ton of experience. Yeah, he's going to throw picks. He's going to have fumbles. He's going to have knucklehead plays. Absolutely. But like that, that zippy release, get the ball out, enough arm talent to work the field, and then the movement skills. DTR, if he ends up on a, on, on a team where, where they know how to use mobile quarterbacks and he's got to play, I'm confident he can win a few games at the NFL level. Size and, and durability, I don't think he's like a long term guy, but sure. From a Colt perspective, it's obviously Stetson Bennett. There's no <laughs> oh question my in my God. mind that Stetson oh, Bennett so is the right. next property. He's <laughs> got to be. You just yeah. know that Stetson Bennett is going like, to get a, a, you know some QB3 starting reps for the Dolphins or something, and he's going to walk out there and just, you know, like uh, like, like when Hyven set the table, he was like all for, you know, playoff run, immortalized into the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, that's Bennett. Bennett's going to walk into an NFL wildcard field and be like, this is small potatoes, brother. I'm all about this. Four touchdowns. It's Bennett by a mile. If there's anybody that the fan base is going to side with over Tom Brady, it's Stetson Bennett. God damn it. You're so right. That makes so much sense. <laughs> the cult grows. He's, he's the next go. Tom Brady, some are saying. Many are saying I, this, yeah. I still always think about how Jalen Hurts' Super Bowl quarterback is younger than Stetson Bennett, college football championship quarterback. <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right. While we're talking about future Brock Purdy's, let's also get to some other like name brand, store brand guys. Because again, we've been talking a lot about the first rounders this year. We wanted to kind of highlight 
you know, the really the Costco version of a lot of those name brand, because let's be real, like there's only, mm-hmm. you know, one Will Anderson, but there's a lot of teams that need pass rushers. And so there's these guys in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. So DK, give us a name brand guy that we've been talking about and then give us the Costco version. Sometimes okay, so, Kirkland's just better. You know what I mean? I'm just right. going to say it. Sometimes the Kirkland brand is just simply better. Kirkland Brown whiskey is really good. Socks. I've got Amazon. I've got Amazon Basics batteries here. We are not there a Duracell family. We're not an Amazon family. This nice box. <laughs> and then I got work. I got Trader Trader Joe's Oreos, which they call JoJo's. Oh, which, I have those downstairs. The chocolate cover ones. It's now like it's coffee. We have vanilla ones because my wife hates me. But they're pretty good. I don't mind. I don't feel like I'm missing Oreos when I'm eating them. Wow. So there. Yeah. So that's what I'll be snacking on during the show. JoJo's are awesome. DK, give us the JoJo's versus Oreos. Yeah, yeah. So the name brand here is Jalen Hyatt, Bolitnikoff winner from Tennessee, led the country in touchdowns this last year. Uh, And then the store brand, Kirkland brand version of Jalen Hyatt, you could probably get in the third round. For me, is Marvin Mims, wide receiver from Oklahoma. They're roughly the same size. Mims is a little bit shorter, but he's a little bit heavier. They, If you look at some of their athletic testing numbers, they're very, very similar. Um, and Mims actually was a little bit faster, which is kind of crazy thinking about because Hyatt's known for his speed. And then... Remember when people were trying to say Hyatt was going to run a 4-2? I knew! And then, no, no, no! But anyway, it doesn't matter right now. <laughs> um, both of them are field stretchers. Top end speed, burst. They both are skinny and lack play strength. They're both, I think, knocked for lack of route diversity and precision. And they're both knocked a little bit for the types of offenses they play in, like the spread offenses and sort of like the limitations that brings. Um, but I mean, if you look at athletic testing, size, all that stuff, the role that they're going to play, I think you can definitely get like an off-brand version with Marvin Mims a little bit later. Because it sounds like Hyatt might have to, get, he, he's going to either go in the late first round or early second, probably. And I think Marvin Mims is more likely the third round, um, potentially a little bit later even. I don't know. We'll see how, how much the NFL loves this guy. Late round wide receivers seem to pop, right? I wanted to ask you guys, which which positions in the later rounds pop the most? So I would say the first answer for sure is offensive line. Uh, you know, offensive line is such a spot where you can kind of plug and chug in a guy. All right, you, you have 35 starts and you're NFL sized. You can hang a left guard. And like a lot of the times that's true. So that's a spot where, where you see it a ton. I think you see a lot of wide receivers just because there's so many wide receivers, right? Like the pool is really yeah, big. The same the is true of, of running backs where like every sixth round running back is like 5'11", 205, has a thousand career carries, can run a 4'5". Like all these guys are functional, right? It's just kind of like who gets opportunities, who has kind of the little stuff, who can stay healthy. Uh, so the, the the positions that have really deep pools, I think you find successful as well at, 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 in those later round picks. Are... Friend Billy Barnwell had a piece at ESPN this week on Bijan Robinson as well. First round running backs, uh, Willie boy. And he had a great chart in this story that was basically premium players on the playoff teams in this year's playoffs. And basically how many of them were like premier players, like first round picks versus late round. And the positions where it was the, like the starters were basically the most like later round picks were really clearly it was guard linebacker and cornerback actually there were 11 key cornerbacks in the playoffs this year that were i mean uh, and day seven two of them were on the kansas city chiefs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird but but yeah i feel like cornerback and guard what's a uh, what's a name brand that like everybody loves to share how much they love the name brand is it like like how people are like oh i go shop at costco and like you know if you go get the costco this and the costco that's really good like i don't know a good I'm Craig shaking his head. I know this is this is a question pretty much directed to Craig. No, uh, I there's incredibly loud construction going on where I live, and I'm I so annoyed that. that I didn't anticipate this happening. So I apologize if anybody hears a it's like if this if it sounds like there's a drill in your ear, that's coming from me. I apologize. <laughs> the moral of the story is this: Marvin Mims is that guy. We're like, I feel I I can't go yeah. one skill position player article. I can't go ten tweets without seeing. Oh, you know what I really like in the rounds is Marvin Mims' cat. And I get it. He's he's very likable. He's a top 10 receiver for me. He's a good player. What round are we talking about, DK? Where if your team grabbed Marvin Mims, you should be like, oh my God, why wow, we got to steal third round, fourth round? Yeah, third round, I think is a solid place for him. All right, boom. Solak, you got a, a, a name brand, store brand receiver for us? A, an Oreo versus JoJo? So like I said, yeah, like Marvin Mims is a, is a top 10 grade for me at wide receiver. Another top 10 grade for me is Michigan State wide receiver, Jaden Reed, which to me is the off-brand version of UNC wide receiver Josh Downs. Now, mm-hmm. this is a little bit tricky because like 
I don't even know if Josh Downs is actually going to go that much earlier than Jaden Reed is. He's had like oh, a really? weird pre-draft process. Dude, did you see Schefter tweeted that he's got no 30 visits from any teams? And then Breer yeah, that's a bit weird. It. Yeah, and Breer quote tweeted and he was like, this is irregular for a potential top 100 pick. And I was like, potential top 100? I thought he was going like top 50. What are we What? Are right. So I don't know. Maybe the league is super out on Josh Downs and I'm crazy. But regardless, hmm. if you've watched any UNC in North Carolina where Downs plays, You've seen, okay, he's a smallish guy, right? He's 5'10", 170 pounds. He's another one of these super small receivers in this class, but he's wicked quick. And what's really impressive is that he's very tough in contested catch situations, right? He, he'll go up and get it. He'll fight for it. He's got impressive ball tracking. That's the thing about Jaden Reed that also really stands out at Michigan State. You honestly didn't see it too much from Downs at UNC because his quarterback, Drake May, can throw like an actually functional, accurate football. Michigan State, man. Oh, Jaden wow. Reed was out there just yeah. like with a radar trying to find some of these <laughs> passes. They did not have a real offense. He was banged up this year, but you go and watch some 2021 film. This guy's 5'10", a buck 80, making impressive climb the ladder catches. Remember about bigger corners against Ohio State, fighting for positioning, jockeying out, boxing out, getting up. Like the, the catch radius on both Reed and Downs, really impressive for smaller players. Downs a little bit looser, a little mm-hmm. bit quicker. A little bit more free flowing, right? So you're going to get those like head fakes that like KJ Hamler in the slot, you know, John Dotson in the slot sort of experience. Reed probably has to play a little bit more outside and inside. He's not as loose, right. but in right. terms of guys who bring you speed, they bring you quickness, they bring you separation in the route tree. But then all of a sudden they're like making huge leaping catches, 25 yards down the field. Jaden Reed, knock a couple rounds off of Josh Downs. You go get yourself, a, I think what can be a starting receiver, not like a high-end receiver, but a starting receiver round three, round four. Like Jaden Reed a lot. Little Kroger ibuprofen, Jaden Reed. <laughs> the Zyrtec, the it's allergy relief. That's my that's my name brand storm thing. I couldn't go out without the allergy relief. It's like Zyrt, whatever the green bottle of CVS is next to the Zyrtec. Zyrtec is the name brand. Well, Zyrtec's the name brand, but whatever's yeah. next to Zyrtec, I think it's just called allergy relief. I don't even know if it has yeah, a name. It's but like that's Jaden Reed. Allergy. CVS Same brand colors, allergy relief. Yeah. yeah, Michigan State colors. Nice. All right. So green. DK, what's your Zyrtec CVS allergy relief? Uh, sticking with the receiver position. I really like that one, by the way. I like Jane Reed a lot. Um, the name brand guy, a lot of hype and, and buzz for a round one is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. And Ben, I know we're both very high on him. If you're looking for that the pod, off-brand... That pod where I got you on the Zay trade made me so happy. <laughs> by the end of it, DK was like, I'm fine. He's a round one player. <laughs> um. His off-brand version, which you could probably get in like the third round, is wide receiver Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. Looking at their RAS, the relative athletic score, they're pretty darn close. 5'9". They're both 5'9", around 180 pounds. They both run like a 4'4'2". They're basically all their uh, athletic measurables are very similar. They're both undersized speedsters. Um, they both played outside in college and maybe fit better on the inside at the pros. They're both explosive after the catch. They both create yards after the catch. Um, and both of them have some drops that you'll be a little bit concerned about. But like at the end of the day, um, very similar role. I think that at the next level, Scott, in fact, was a former running back in high school. Um, and so like he basically turns into a running back after the catch. I really like that. Um, yeah, basically just looking at all the way down through all their stats. They're just like very similar um, yards per route run, drop rate, contested catch rate. They're all very similar. Uh, missed tackles force, very close. Yards after the catch uh, per reception, very similar. So he's basically just like a slightly less, I think, popular and slightly less refined version of Zay Flowers. He's also younger. Yeah, you said Tyler Scott was a running back in high school. He caught like 10 passes in high school. Yeah. That just sounds like, isn't that like what Brandon Ayuk was? It just feels like a Kyle Shanahan. They have three picks at the end of the third round and just feel like he's like a future 49er. We need to not have any more players go to the 49ers. That's my, that's my, yeah, no more goal. players. The 49ers don't, don't make any more picks. Yeah. <laughs> just don't not. give them any players. Uh, I don't want any more yeah. players on that. Nerf, nerf the 49ers. Um, I'll say this. Like we said, oh, Marvin Mims, maybe in the third round. Jaden Reed, maybe in the third round. I'm not sure Tyler Scott makes it a third round. Just off, like, like you off think of, second round, possibly. Off. Yeah, yeah, like off of film, off of like kind of where some of the like the, the the NFL insiders talk about him and then the speed aspect of things, right? Like Reed, like 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 you said, Mims is faster than high, but like Scott legit has like uh, film and testing of like this could be a field stretching player. And like I think mm-hmm. about like where Taekwon Thornton went last year, we were all like, whoa, like it's just that that yep. speed tends to get drafted earlier than you think. So Scott, I'm not so sure. This is a pricey name brand. It's not, it's not usual, you know, discount here. You got to pay a little more for this name brand or off brand. I keep right. forgetting which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if, if, if Zay Flowers was a bourbon, what bourbon is he? Uh, I don't know. 
I, I don't drink bourbon that much. I thought you were a whiskey guy. <laughs> I'm like an Irish whiskey. Uh, so, but he's like a four, like a four roses or something, like a solid whiskey. So I'm just, so it sounds like you thought Tyler Scott was like, you know, maybe lower and so like saying, no, he's like a mid shelf, mid shelf. Right. He's like a bullet. Nice. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. That's like perfect. You're like, if they have bullet, like if Zay flowers is basil Hayden, (laughs) Tyler Scott is bullet. I don't know. I'm not very good. I I don't drink a lot of bourbon. I'm I'm more like a, I'm scotch and Irish whiskey. I just got a basil Hayden whiskey. I've never had it. There you go. I think it's just a double Jameson guy. Yeah. All right. Speaking of which, give give us a little tight end twofer here, DK. All right. So Dalton Kincaid getting tons of buzz is like a mid first round pick. The store brand version, the off brand version of Dalton Kincaid in my mind is Sam Laporta from Iowa, who is also a move tight end. He's a little bit. They're both undersized slightly for like the prototypical tight end in the NFL. Um, both were primary pass catchers for their teams. Both are very good at creating yards after the catch. Both break a lot of tackles. Um, Laporta, I don't think is quite as dynamic and fluid as a route runner, but you're getting a slightly like off-brand version of it, um, with Laporta. I think he's still going to be a, probably, it it obviously depends on where he lands, but I think he has a chance to be like a high volume pass catcher in the NFL. Um, maybe not on the same level as Kincaid, not as dynamic, but a good player. And you can get him, I guess, in the third round versus the first round. Where do you think Laporta is going to go, Ben? 71. Yeah, there we go. Let's see who has that What's with <laughs> Iowa and the tight ends? So let me get this straight. Iowa has good defense. Their quarterbacks Corn. always suck and they have had good tight ends. <laughs> so that all the good tight ends go to Iowa and they're like, listen, if you just work out, you don't even have to catch any passage. You'll get drafted really high. Is it like a Ponzi scheme for tight ends? They've had three good ones and then a bunch of ones that just get drafted high. It's like, are these guys good or not? They're good. This is how recruiting works. I fits. Yeah. If you're if you're a good high school recruit, you go to the place that sends players to the NFL. Uh, Iowa yeah. has had George Kittle. They've had Noah Fant. They've had Dallas TJ Hawkinson. Dallas Clark going way back. Um, so obviously, if you're a t- like a big time recruit, I don't know if Laporta was like a big time recruit, but he was a good recruit. Um, you go to the place that's sending people to the NFL, so it, it makes a lot of sense. They also like like spread Big Twelve offenses. The tight ends that are on those teams are not NFL sized players. They're they're right. two forty. They're two thirty five, two forty. They're H backs. They don't run real routes. They don't do real blocks. Iowa runs outside zone. Like they run NFL stuff with NFL sized players. And so like you just for the tight end position, it's just hard. Like you kind of are precluded to offense that at least have some NFL ishness to them. Georgia, the way they run the football, Oregon state is a wide zone team. Like those guys are inherently going to get pushed up a little bit versus your like old dominion, Zach Koontz, who has like 12 catches and can just jump really high. And we're like, yeah, I guess we'll draft him. Like it's just, it's, it's such <laughs> probably going to go like in the third well, round, just because yeah, so Sam Laporta, he actually, I, I just blew my mind. He had the second most receiving touchdowns in the history of Illinois state football, but he didn't really get recruited because he was small. Yeah, he's like six, three. So that's technically pretty undersized. Um, but strong hands, like really, really tough after the catch. He just refuses to go down. Um, he actually, he forced 20 missed tackles according to PFF, which was second most in the country at tight end. Um, He ranked third in the country in yards after the catch. He also, by the way, ran 20% of his routes from the outside, so from out wide, which was uh, tops among all tight ends this year, uh, all qualifying tight ends. So um, move him all around the formation, let him do work. He's not, again, he's not like the most dynamic. I like Kincaid more, but I think he's definitely a discount version that is going to be a productive pro. See, this is why, like, to me, Laporta is knockoff Michael Mayer, not so much Kincaid, because Kincaid was, like, in the slot, vertical routes, dynamic athlete, like, bang, 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 moving around, right? We, we, As DK and I very famously said, he's not Travis Kelsey. Don't put it in the newspaper that we said he's Travis Kelsey. We're not <laughs> right, right. saying that. However, whereas Laporta, to me, is very much so, like, solid, Eddie steady, like DK brought up, like, great mm. hands, refuses to go down played a little bit outside as a high target share, right? Like he was a big part of Iowa's passing offense. That's Mayer. We're like Mayer, they they would they would move Mayer around, line him up in the outside to get matchups, and they run the passing offense through him. And he's got and he's not the most dynamic athlete, but he's got the great hands, he's got the leverage ability. And so to me, like I view I view Mayer and Laporta in more similar buckets than I view Kincaid and Laporta. But this is why tight end is really hard. Is because like the the uh Guys will get used in college way differently than they get used in the NFL and their body types and their, the weight that they carry will go up and it'll go down. It's such a versatile position that it's hard to nail dudes down. 
Uh, the only reason I didn't see him similar to Mayer is because Mayer to me is sort of just like from central casting as a wide tight end. Like he's going to line up in line. He's good at blocking. And Laporta's um, smaller. And Laporta is more of a move guy. They He was like the most um, frequently out wide. Like, you know, just the way that they utilized him was different. And I didn't think he was like a great blocker. Like he, he's a try hard blocker, but I think Mayer was a much better blocker. So, um, but yeah, like the tight end position is, is an interesting one because, you know, you got guys playing the same position, but, or t- like they, they're both quote unquote tight ends, but like depends on the team and, and what kind of role they want to like. Well, DK, your, your uh, store brand for Michael Mayer, and again, Michael Mayer and Dalton Kikade are probably both first round picks. Your store brand for Michael Mayer was uh, Tucker Craft, right? From South Dakota State. Craig's hated South Dakota State. <laughs> Go Jackrabbits. Yeah. The, the wrong SDSU. SDSU right. Um, yeah. I mean, and like Craft is sort of, again, he's in the mold of like a, prototypical wide tight end size wise like he's a a gritty blocker not super a dynamic athlete but just can kind of get up the seam and he's big and strong and physical so um he to me he was closer to mayor to me um but again it just depends on where these guys land and, and how the nfl whichever team decides to use them this episode is brought to you by ebay motors ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With sense of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Solak. You threw out one for Nolan Smith because I feel like the Eagles are a team that might take Nolan Smith. And I'm curious if the Eagles decide we're going to come back around, take someone else other than Nolan Smith, who should they be looking at? LSU edge, BJ Ojolari. BJ is brothers with Aziz. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, who was an edge at Georgia. And then he went to the New York Giants, Danny. Yeah, to bring it all full circle. Nolan comes in undersized, right? It's the whole thing with him. Okay, incredible speed, right? Ran the 439, incredible jumps. But he's under 6'3", and he's under 240 pounds. This is, like, this guy's got to go play receiver. Like, this is not big enough to be on the edge. That's going to be the concern for NFL teams. Ojolari came in 10 pounds heavier, right? So he's under 6'3", but he's 248, okay? And so he's still definitely, like, 3'4", outside linebacker size. He's not, like, hand-in-the-dirt defensive end size. But you don't have as big of size concerns with BJ. And then the other thing, which I think is, like, critical for for BJ Ojolari, he's got long arms and huge mitts. He's got he's got yeah. oh, uh, uh, two inches more on his arms and he's got 10 and a half inch hands. So while he is undersized, he is thinner. I don't think he can put a lot of a weight on his frame anymore. He's got big levers, man, and he understands how to use them. Uh, and then he has explosiveness to him. He's a great broad jump. He's a great first step, whatever. So we have two. We have two guys who are going to play three, four outside linebacker. They're going to win in the pass rush on their first step. And then when they get to the, the tackle, when they get to contact, they start to differ a little bit. Uh, BJ is definitely a little bit more polished as a pass rusher right now in terms of like working counters, working his hands and whatever. Nolan's just kind of figuring it out, but Nolan's a great athlete, so he can get it done. So here they're, they're very similar. Where they do differ is the running game. Nolan Smith, who's again, 238 pounds, just is the little engine that could, man. I mean, he's unbelievable against the run in terms of how well he plays at his diminished size. BJ, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a playoff and sit on a block. Oh, it's a running play. I'm not super interested in this one. And that's where the comparison ends a little bit. But if we're talking pass rush impact, you're a team that runs a 3-4 and you want a speedy outside rusher. And you're sitting there watching Nolan Smith. You know, you're the Baltimore Ravens seeing him come down. You're the uh, not Atlanta anymore. That's Team P's. You're the you know, Seattle Seahawks, whatever. He's watching Nolan Smith move on the, on the board, and then he goes, goes, shoot, scratch him off. By the time the clock comes back to you for the next round, I think BJ was always a round two player. He's the name that you have circled for that same position, that same role, the speed rusher, that outside stand-up rusher wide from the line of scrimmage. BJ Ojolari is the guy. Aziz has been pretty good, right, Heifetz? He's solid. He kind of, he was the Zoolander coming out. He had one move, uh, and it <laughs> right. really helped to have Kayvon Thibodeau. If you could get Aziz Ojolari's interest in defending the run into BJ Ojolari's body, oh, baby, we'd be cooking. Oh, that's a whole edge rusher right there. Well, sometimes you got a brother to do that so you don't do it. Like, my brother is <laughs> yeah. the directions guy, so I don't do directions. I don't know where I'm going. My brother has never, my brother's known where True North was every moment of his life for 20 years, and so I just don't. And, you know, if your older brother defends the run, why would you? People who live in cities and don't know the Compass Rose drive me insane. Insane. <laughs> what are you doing? It's how the city's organized. I heard that it's genetic. There's a there's a certain gene you have to have yeah, for like everybody saying it's spatial awareness. Is a coward who doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I'm a coward. I I suck at directions, dude. I'll walk around and I'll walk in circles for four hours and not know where the fuck I am. But but it's not my fault. Is the key the first my now wife? The first time we ever got into like not even like a real fight, just like a decent bickering <laughs> argument was walking around Chicago where she couldn't tell which way north was, and I was like, Mayor, where's the lake? And she was like, what do you mean, where's the lake? I was like, figure out where the lake is. She was like, how am I supposed to know? I was like, see the part of the sky that doesn't have buildings? That's the lake. And then that didn't go over well. That wasn't good. And then mm. you're like, why would I need to know? Like, so you can get places. Oh, it drives you crazy. <laughs> yeah, Solak, is the sh- Solak is wearing like a salmon pink shirt and his face has now turned the same color. <laughs> Struck a nerve Fires there. me up, man. Uh, honestly, the only time I see that color is when Mike Tannenbaum puts Hendon Hooker in the t- as a top five pick in a mock draft. <laughs> wow, right. the tanks, the tanks are out I'm of control, Zen. you guys. I'm in my happy place. The Eagles are winning the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Brandon Graham strip sack. I'm fine. <laughs> sure, happy. DK, give us a store brand name brand. Name brand store brand. I'm hoping that Solak will appreciate this one because I know he's not as high as, uh, on Lucas I Van Ness's many. hate it. Um, Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so Iowa edge rusher Lucas Van Ness, I think broadly considered to be mid to early first round pick. Um, big power rusher with a lot of length, potential, maybe a little less production than you'd like. Um, my off-brand version of Lucas Van Ness is Louisville edge rusher Yaya Diaby, who ah, is Yaya. Yaya. Similar styled player, like power rusher, quick off the snap, um, has good length. And I think a lot of pass rush potential, but maybe not quite as realized. And I actually looked at their stats. They both played 13 games. They both played almost the identical number of snaps. If you look at the tail of the tape, they're very similar basically across the board. However, Diaby played heads up on tackles. So he's like playing like a four, four eye. I don't even know. Um, but like more inside uh, versus like on the outside where Van Ness got like way more snaps as just like a pure pass rusher. Um and so I think Diaby has a lot of potential if they kind of move him around. Maybe he might lose a little bit of weight and play on the edge in the NFL because he was a really good tester. He ran a 4-5-1, um, 1-5-1, 10-yard split, which I think was second only to Nolan Smith at the combine. So he has that twitch, that get-off that you really look for, a pass rusher on the edge. Um, and he's good size. He's like 6'3", 263. So um, to me, he's he's the type of guy to take a chance on in What's like the third round. Why is, why is he a third rounder? I mean, he just, his production wasn't awesome. Uh, he was playing, I think, a little bit out of position, like on the interior. I, I would rather have him play on the edge and see what he could do out there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think he's just an underrated guy. You could see him rise in the process because he's really athletic, really long, and I think he just has a ton of potential. He's a little bit older than Van Ness. I think that's one thing that might turn teams off too. He also was a zero-star recruit. I didn't know that. But the answer is this. There's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> the problem this is where players like this should go this is is wrong with him this is where lucas van ness should also be they should be in the same area but i said one of them's in the first round well did lucas lucas van ness didn't start at iowa and are we like that's because he's bad or because iowa is just a weird school 
like and that pretends it's 1960 and you don't play until you're a junior. Well, Lucas Van Ness also, they told us they were like unbelievable, incredible athletic potential. And then he tested a good. And nobody updates, right? Because we already decided that this guy's the guy. Like he was, <laughs> he had like his, he had a good short shuttle, like he had a good broad jump, like he had good measurements, for like the potential of an edge. But it's not like this guy's like 95th percentile, right? Like Trayvon Walker tested the way he did. And we all said, okay, throw the brakes on the train. We got to have a conversation. Guys like this don't come out. They were at, like, they, there was all this smoke for like all season and into the draft process. Like Lucas Van Ness testing is going to blow our minds. And then he was just good. And, but now we've already kind of pot committed to this. So I like, I think he's going to go top 15, and I think that that's bananas. Have you have you watched Diaby much? I have watched Diaby. I like I I, I was going to guess you were going to say Zach Harrison, the Ohio State kid. That oh, I got him the too. Round. You have him on here? Okay, cool. I got that him to too. That to me is the yeah. middle round guy who's like big, long, strong, play like the actual like, you know, like quote unquote heavy five technique, push the pocket, whatever. Like to me, he's the guy that I'd be chasing mm-hmm. for that role. Diaby's like, Diaby's fine. He's a jag to me. Like I, I wouldn't, I don't mind him, but to me, he doesn't like get my get me pumped right. up he's not he's he's legit off-brand he's like okay i'll just buy this because i it's you're, you're buying the traits whatever. you're buying the traits yeah. um he is 24 years old i think that's probably a big reason that nfl doesn't like him like like Hyfe had said he's a former zero star he is a juco transfer from georgia military college um and i think there's all you always carry a little bit of baggage for not being like a highly touted recruit coming out of high school and stuff um it's just harder to like break through that ceiling when you're that type of guy but I like I would rather spend a third or fourth rounder on Diaby. I don't know how high he's going to go. Probably top 100, um, you know, and kind of just bet on those traits. Yeah, you might. Well, you mentioned Zach Harrison and it's so weird. He went to Ohio State. It's so weird to think of the store brand as an Ohio State pass rusher. I'm just kind of conditioned. Oh, yeah. Ohio State pass rusher first round. It's weird that he's the store brand. Number one, he's been injured during the post uh, pr- like the p- post uh, postseason process. And so he hasn't um, been on everybody's radar quite as much. But um, former five star. So I, my I, my name brand is Clemson pass rusher Miles Murphy, who is probably going to be a first round pick, probably a top half of the first round pick. That maybe. makes sense. Yeah. And big, long, twitchy defensive linemen. They're both former five star recruits, and then both came in and had like frankly just kind of underwhelming stats in college. Um, didn't really live up to their five star you know billing necessarily. I guess Murphy's going to be a first rounder, so maybe he did live up to it, but. Um, I think Harrison traits wise is just as impressive, if not more impressive, because he has 36 inch arms. Like he's freakishly long player. He has 10, 10 inch hands. Um, he's six foot five, 274 pounds. Like, like Solek was saying, just like a big, long, physical, uh, traitsy five technique that you could come in and like play a role early on and have the potential to develop into an elite pass rusher. If you look at, if you look at their, their stats from last year, they both played 13 games and, down the line from sacks, pressures, tackles for a loss, stops, they're all pretty similar. Like, I think Murphy has a slight edge on most of the stats, but like, they're not really that far away from each other. And I think Zach Harrison's probably going to be going in the third round, whereas Murphy will probably be a first rounder. So, um, he's my off brand version of Murphy. If you miss on Murphy in the first round, you want a guy that has a similar style, plays a similar role, and has the, a very similar upside. I think Zach Harrison's the guy. I'm pretty, yeah, in. that would make sense. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Harrison for Murphy instead of for Van Ness. I think they're, they're generally similar enough roles in the NFL that like you kind of get cross pollination there. Harrison, just to me, like hype, it's like you brought up, like how do we have an Ohio state edge? That's like an off brand guy. He definitely didn't develop the way that they hope, but the measurables are still there. And the flashes are there. Yeah. Like he definitely does stuff. You can't teach. Like once we start getting into big a hundred, I'm looking for guys who can do stuff. Like I, I can't teach and I'll teach them the rest. So Harrison is a dude that I'm, I'm very happy to draft in the in the middle rounds. So give us another name brand store brand. Okay, uh, this one I feel uh, very passionately about. Pit defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi is a potential first round mm. player. Now we talked about Kalijah Kansi on the Outliers pod. We talked about him in other spots. This is a 280 pound defensive tackle. Here's a comprehensive list of successful 280 pound defensive tackles. Which makes it tricky for me that Kalaja Kansi is going to be a first round pick, right? That to me is scary. <laughs> okay. Kansi also comes in with 30 and 5 eighth inch arms, which are like bottom 10 in the combine all time for defensive tackle arm length. So he's undersized and he doesn't have long enough arms to keep offensive linemen off of him. He can't lock out, can't separate. And so you just, you, I am extremely worried about a player of Kansi's profile 
being bodied by power and size on the interior. And you're taking on that risk in the first round exclusively for the hope that he is such an impact pass rusher with quickness and with explosiveness at his size that he offsets the lack of value. Well, what if I told you that in the third round, you could get a guy who has a similar size, but way better length and also the same explosiveness to rush from the interior. And that's added Tommy Wadabaware, the defensive tackle out of Northwestern. Now, I said the defensive tackle out of Northwestern. Right. He didn't necessarily play defensive tackle in Northwestern. <laughs> uh, this is a projection, but I love this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if you go and you look at his snaps, uh, he did take a majority of snaps over 200 at the under tackle positions, right? Three technique between the guard and tackle. Or excuse me, that's over tackle. He took the majority of his snaps between the guard and the tackle. But he was listed as an edge and he took a lot of snaps on the outside as well. And so it's a little bit of a, of a, of a messy projection. But if we are rolling the dice on traits and we're rolling the dice on an undersized penetration tackle, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody wanted to write home about Kalajic Kansi's testing, right? It was, okay, he's 280 pounds, but he ran a 467, 40 yard dash, 158, 10 yard split, 33.5 inch vert, 904 broad. At a time, we want beats all of those numbers at the same weight. And he has three more inches on his arms. <laughs> like, it's just, I just like, I. They say, can't see his theory, and I can get theory potentially later. Now, Senior Bowl director Jim Nagy, who had Adebowari down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, was tweeting earlier this week about the fact that Adebowari is actually going to go a lot earlier than we think. He was like, Adebowari, back end of the first round. That's Jim's job. Jim's always, every Senior Bowler to Jim is like, potential back end of the first round guy. We'll see. So if you're talking about, okay, you get Kansi at 20 and Adebowari at 30, then to me, you're, you're taking the same risk and, and, and it's shaky. And you get Adebowari like a whole round, round plus later, which to me, I think that's more about what we're going to see. I'd mm-hmm. so much rather go store brand with Adebowari here. To me, that's a much, much, much better low value roll of the dice instead of rolling the dice with the top 32 pick. I agree with this one. I like this one a lot. Um, he he's just so he, he's explosive. He's just built like you'd you'd want a three tech to be built, like big powerhouse butt, like really long arms. Uh, <laughs> powerhouse butt, explosive. Powerhouse when you see him get into butt. that stance, look at that butt. I mean, he's just got a big bubble butt. <laughs> Who's who? Who is the who is the the guy at the combine for whom Mike Mayock said that very famously? It was an offensive lineman. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I don't Kai remember. No, nah. no, Makai's not looking at that butt. Makai's looking at shoulders. Doesn't Belichick just stand behind all the defensive tackles no, at the 40-yard yes, dash to see their asses? And yeah. Just picks the guy with the, the biggest The one. Patriots are taking this guy, Adeware. Just a huge ass. Just dudes built like Donald Trump, you know? Just draft those guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, when Trump's measurables came out, and we were like, <laughs> mm, I don't know if he can play D-tackle. Yeah. We He's about their same size. Relative uh, athletic score for Trump. We should have done a scouting <laughs> of Trump. I think I saw people doing that. <laughs> It didn't run all the drills at the combine. I mean, Kansi's got, he's got a big butt too. They, they, both of these guys have huge powerhouses, let's be honest. But uh, the arm Pete. length. It was Andrews Pete, the offensive lineman oh, wow. out of Stanford, who went in the first round and was not good and then ended up not good in the NFL. But Mike Mayock was watching like, oh, look at the hammies. He said, and then he said, look at the build. Look at that bubble butt. He said on NFL Network. And then he became <laughs> the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, baby. Love that. It's incredible. All right. DK, any other defensive tackles and or notable butts we should be watching here? So this is like, I think this is probably the most extreme one I've got here, but Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, who is widely projected to be a top 10 pick. The off-brand version of him, I think, is Wisconsin defensive tackle Keanu Benton. Both big, long, interior defensive linemen, both interior penetrators, both big, powerful, and strong. Um, And if you honestly, if you look at their stats, they're remarkably similar. Um, in fact, Benton has more sacks in in his career than Carter did. So I don't know. Obviously, I think I'm not saying that Benton is a better player than Carter. But again, in this in this exercise, I think you can get Benton probably second round, third round. Um, not sure how far he's going to fall. He's he's getting some buzz lately, so he might be a second rounder. Um, but you're not well, going to have to spend a top dancing, ten pick. Okay. How big is his ass to... on a scale? Yeah, Flat Stanley to Kim Kardashian. <sighs> how big Good is question. the butt? He's Ben's got a trunk. He's got a badonka donk. All right, he, he can play. <laughs> <laughs> but donka dunk. Um, I'm just googling it now because I want to get a closer look at the, these warlocks. You're googling here. Trump's ass, or you're googling <laughs> Keanu Benton's ass. He's he's got a he's got a thick lower body. Put it that okay. way. Um, yeah. I comped so, it to Kawan Short and Kawan Short, man. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. 
Um, well, I'm sure we're ahead of the yeah. donk, all right? I'm a little bit late to the Benton hype train, but I'm all aboard now. Like I'm all on. I, I love this guy. I think he's just so explosive. He has a really devastating like club move that he gets into the backfield with. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about where he lands. I think he's probably a second rounder and uh, could be very very productive. Same, almost exactly the same size as Carter too. It's like when Kirkland. There was a while there where Kirkland was making Pro V1 golf balls. They were just yes. like using the same materials that Titleist mm. did, and then I think they got in trouble for that, and they weren't allowed to use it anymore. But there was a stretch where it was like this is half the price, and it is the same ball. And also now, if you, pl- <laughs> I feel like if you find a ball now on a golf course, if you're at like a public course, the odds of it being Kirkland are like one in three. Just everyone uses them now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big believer in deleting old tweaks old tweets that way people can't rehash takes from like four years ago (laughs) i think i very strongly believe this is good policy i tweeted about keanu benton when he was a freshman at wisconsin going up against Mm. josh myers and i was like this cat can play and i lost it in like an old tweet delete thread And How I've been going to all draft tweets? season. Like oh, I six need to times out how to this do draft that. season. I've searched like at Benjamin Solak Benton, at Benjamin Solak Wisconsin 95, at Benjamin Solak, like trying to find it and it doesn't exist and it breaks my heart. I could so claim first on this guy and I can't. He's, very sad. <laughs> He's great. He's great. He's top 40 player for me. So I believe awesome. you. Ben, what is the most egregious Hello. tweet that you have gone back and deleted? <laughs> oh, brother. Give me a hype to talk about something. Let me think for a minute. Ben, were, okay, you a, so, were you a big Zach Wilson believer? No, not at all. And the Zach okay. Wilson tweets are still up for that reason. <laughs> well, so like thinks of that. Those aged well. Yeah. I would like to give an award here for the, the guy that you're most confident will be an excellent store brand purchase. I would like to give that the, the Trader Joe's. This is the most Jewish thing I'm going to say in this podcast. And that includes the Passover episode. But the locks <laughs> at, at Trader Joe's are unbelievable. Wow. Like the, the smoked salmon. It's mm. honestly, it's just as good as any other place you get it. But it's it really is like half the price. And it's unbelievable. Speaking of cults, Trader Joe's is a great. It's the best cult I'm a part of. Massive cult. Trader Joe's. Agree. It's way too much. Even the people who work there. I'm like, no one's holding the gun to your head, right? <laughs> I avoid speaking to Trader Joe's employees. On expense of my life, I spent forty minutes trying to find garbanzo beans before I asked an employee what they were, and he was like, "Do you mean chickpeas?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm the idiot. Yeah, for sure. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Put both of the words on the sign, man. If they're both is the same name, anyway. Not important now. Why are you afraid of talking to the Trader Joe's people? Because they are too excited to help me. Too enthusiastic. I shouldn't need help. <laughs> I shouldn't need help in a grocery store. I'm an adult. You know why you get confused so lack it? You don't know where True North is inside the store. Well, this is why I, I did a hottest take that I got absolutely reprimanded for uh, that sales associates. <laughs> we kind of need to scale back because like, man, when I go into a sunglass hut, I get bombarded and it actually makes me not want to enter a sunglass. There's nothing worse. You enter a sunglass hut and ever, there's like three people on top of you at, telling you, oh, you look great in those. Oh, you can get two, you know, two for one. If you go in this section, I'm like, hey, man. Leave I don't me want alone. you to look at me. I don't want you to watch me see <laughs> yeah. if I think I look good in sunglasses. Let me do that alone. I need a safe space to try on sunglasses. Yeah, no, I very, I agree with that take. Who was against that? Everybody was like, fuck you, Craig. I work what? as a sales associate. I work on the floor of a store. <laughs> These are jobs and we do work. How dare you eradicate an entire the line The annoying people don't believe they're annoying? Hard to see that. It's not called the most reasonable take. It's called the hottest take. <laughs> it's not even a hot take, Craig. It's actually logic. I like being helped. I like when people ask. The answer, Craig, the answer to your question is probably Josh Allen takes. I was pretty anti-Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have those. Was, so like, don't worry. Yeah, but I, I was anti-Josh Allen. I was also pretty suspicious of Mahomes. And critically, this was a time <laughs> in which like I had like, you know, I was like doing this like very like, you know, low level. I didn't have many followers. And so I was just tweeting from the hip, right? There was no like, <laughs> I'm worried about this being found. No filter. Like, yeah. yeah. The problem with Mahomes is that he sucks. And like that, those, we got to get rid of those. I like how a lot of people, like a lot of like famous people, when they go back and you look through their tweets and they weren't famous, there's a lot of like problematic stuff that they have to go through and delete things they maybe wouldn't say now. And Ben's are just like, he's like, hey man, I didn't have a lot of followers from then. Like I was talking shit about Patrick Mahomes. You know, like <laughs> I was talking shit about Josh Allen. I had to go back and delete that. That's his problematic tweet. That's his cancelable one. <laughs> That's yeah. as problematic as I get, hopefully. I'm thinking about Trader Joe's employees now and just the the the, the mental so weight that they place on me when they're in the store. Do you need anything? Just milk. <laughs> you know, the, the, to me, the perfect employee is an in and out employee. They're very happy and they know a lot, but they're not like in your face. 
You know, they'll they'll answer your question if you have one, but they're not gonna they're not gonna presume. Why do you think malls are dying? No one wants to go in and be harassed by these employees. Just gonna order it online. There's no such thing as malls anymore, Craig, and it's because of this. Hello, sir. Welcome to Sunglass Hut. What can I help you with? I'm like, man, everyone who comes in here just wants to see themselves in five different pairs of sunglasses and then leave. Craig, I don't, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. I got a job in college at Zoomies. You know Zoomies, the skate yeah, shop or whatever? Yeah, sure. And the first day they made me stand outside the uh, the store and like try and entice people in. And that was the last time I worked there. I quit the next day. I, I don't like, think you'd be very this. good at that job. <laughs> I, think- <laughs> I hate this job more than anything I've ever done in my life. I think one of the most ridiculous things a store has ever made an employee do is back in the day when they made men stand outside of Abercrombie shirtless. Just no shirts on. Oh, that's ridiculous. Just reeking of cologne. Yeah. Ridiculous that was my job. job. Out of high school. That was a Ben. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to do that for free. Do they used to pay people to do <laughs> yeah, that? <they've, laughs> like, I thought sir, put your shirt boys. back on. Yeah. People were getting paid. All right. We got so many people. Okay. So important updates on a lot of fronts. Um, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the official oh minor league baseball team of the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Uh, we are excited slash disappointed to report they threw the first no hitter of the MLB of the minor league season, and they also lost the game. Uh, it's the most incredible <laughs> box score I've ever I'm seen. Not even mad. I'm game. You're, also, you're bearing the yeah. lead here. They, what well, was the score they, of the game? Well, like uh, seven to three, I think. Seven to five. Seven to five. No hitter. No hitter. Rocket City. Five run lead entering the final inning. No hitter. No hitter running. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Continue to give up no hits. They walked five. And then a guy came in the relief, hit three batters in a row, and then walked a guy to and then throw Wild thing gone over here. Get him some glasses. That's my suggestion. And then of all, that wasn't NFL draft show. Now we cursed the pandas. They lost to Chattanooga. They lost Fucking to the Nukes. Nukes. <laughs> Nukes. Nukes. When I saw that, people were pointing that out on Twitter. I was like, not only did the our like new team literally like from a week ago yeah. lose this game, it was to Nuga. It's like, a, it's like a century. I, Seriously. It's like a thought experiment I'm, where your friend's like, could you lose a no hitter if you have like five runs? Is that possible? <laughs> Seven that runs. The number of people that added us in that like in the in the reporting of that game was incredible. Just for like yeah. an hour straight, it was just everybody like I didn't have it. I bet it was like I didn't get like. Did you guys see this? Uh, per source close to the situation, uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas. Uh, we would we've gotten more social engagement than we would have if we kept the no hitter. <laughs> Very true. We got Listen, any publicity is good when publicity. you lose on the no hitter, especially for Very a minor much, league. Much 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 more so. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also have uh, we have a lot of updates on. We asked people uh, to email in if you or, you know, someone, you know, had a very str- like weird family fortune, like a strange invention that made the family rich. Or like and the mundane, a, like the guy who invented the, the, the coat hanger or something. Things like yeah, that. Exactly. People who got rich yeah. off Whatever. things that you don't even realize needed to be invented. So email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you're inspired by any of these. Oh, my God. Thank you to everyone who emailed. If we didn't get to respond to you. I, I, we saw them. We went through all them. Uh, incredible. Nick, a friend of mine went to college with one of the scions of the ball Mason jar company. They have Whoa. just printed money for ages <laughs> now. Jar. They have a website and everything. There's a container that you could put stuff in. Just fucking brilliant. It's the same as all money. the other ones, but this one's better, I guess. <laughs> I actually think the truth about Mason jars is they're kind of inconvenient. <laughs> okay. Why does the top come off? Yeah. The, yeah, the tops come off, which I've never understood. I, they also are, you know, the, the 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 actual opening of the jar is a little narrower than the actual width of the full jar. So sometimes when you're, I don't know, you're drinking out of it, what you're do you like mean nose the top hits the top. Oh, you're talking about drinking. Oh, no, the mason jar. Well, can we invent a mason jar the where the top is in two pieces? Yes, the top is two pieces. You need it to be. You need it to be in two pieces to get like the airtight seal. This is this is. Is for, that why? As a man who, as a man who cans and pickles vegetables, mason jars are delightful. For like, <laughs> let's make a cool lemonade and put it in a mason jar. I agree. Put it in a cup. Why? Do, why do you need two parts of the top to make an airtight seal? That seems counterintuitive to I me. I don't get it either. Because like, like, so like the first part, like the the top flat part. You know how it like you can depress it a little bit. It's got like some give to it. When mm-hmm. when you screw down the second part, it like. It like seals it up real tight. Like it pushes it down in versus like if you just had like the one screw cap, I don't think you get the same level of like vacuum 
closeness. And I mean, like, that's I, why I, now that I'm saying this, I'm realizing that this is just something I've intuited over my time of pickling onions. <laughs> it might not be a real thing, but like that's that's I, my experience. I it. think the real problem is, is, is perhaps, you know, the hipsters have turned the mason jar into a drinking device and they're not meant to be that. Yeah. It, Kevin writes that his college roommate was uh, part of the Capri Kevin. Sun straw family. Uh, Whoa. They patented <laughs> the Capri up. Sun straw. They went on elaborate trips. With the pokey end? Yeah. Yeah. It needed to be pokey. All they did was cut a straw at an angle and they're like millions. It's like inventing the wheel. Incredible. What a time in America where like, when you were just like the first to think of something pretty simple and now you're a billionaire. It makes me You know, Einstein worked in a patent office. We didn't even know if he did any of that stuff. He just sat there and. Just uh, red stuff. You stole know, sometimes it. though the Capri Sun bag, sometimes it didn't really work and the straw would go through the whole bag and then it would leak. Yeah. Well, they got paid. But it's know? like it's not their problem. <laughs> so they, I mean, yeah. they're just those things are flying off the shelf. Love that money. Tanner said, I went to high school Tanner. with the granddaughter of the inventor of the Phillips head screwdriver. Her last name wow. was Phillips and everything. <laughs> It was Phillips Phillips and everything. It better be because it's so dumb for that to be called a Phillips head, right? The other one's called a flathead. It should be called like a star head, diamond head, square head, whatever. If they weren't called Phillips, it would drive me insane. When I ask Mayor for a Phillips head screwdriver, I receive a flathead screwdriver 50% of the time. (laughs) If they had the correct names, we would solve that problem. Mayor has taken absolute bullets today. (laughs) Thank God she does not listen to this podcast. I was stammering, bringing that one up. So I was like, I'm throwing gas He's nervous. He's getting nervous. somebody who's at work and not home. Who's yeah? Who's throwing more heaters? The pitcher who hit three baseball players in a row? Or is it Solak (laughs) just taking shots? His wife, who is a lovely person. Jesse said that my friend lived in the dorms at Colorado Jesse. Boulder with the daughter of the guy who drew the Starbucks logo. Whoa. She bought a teacup pig while they lived in the dorm. Nice girl. She bought a. <laughs> is that allowed? They allowed a pig to come I, into I the dorms? She can I mean, do whatever if your she dad wants. drew the Starbucks logo, you can do I mean, whatever shit. you want, man. Yeah, That's an insane thing. The world sense. is your oyster. Yeah. Carissa writes I knew a girl in college who claimed her Carissa. grandpa invented snap on tools. He would have had to conceive her parents at age 72. So I found this unlikely. <laughs> well, Wait, you know, know. what? Snap on tools? Snap on tools. I'm not 100% sure. Is that a sure thing I should know? Is. Yeah. Wow. You're the tools this, guy. Of course, so your friend, very thin story. Easy to poke holes in it. Mm. Invented something mm. that this we don't This is the one I don't exist. believe. Pete writes, my grandparents. This is a lie. <laughs> Pete writes, my grandfather owns the original patent for the collapsible dog crate. Uh, and then Joseph <laughs> writes in middle school, we had a kid who's cl- in my class whose name was Scott Key, like literally great, great grandson of Francis Scott Key, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner. They really just uh, kept that name going. Someone said my grandfather so, patented like the remote control. Holy just shit. The, the general remote control. My, yeah, they wrote my Quint, My grandfather is a physicist who worked for Zenith Electronics, where he invented many of the essential components of televisions. And he literally patented, he attached the patent in the email and he invented the cable television remote control, or as he calls it, the clicker. And he yeah, demands it should be called the clicker, but it is his patent. Yeah. Okay. So he must be is rich his, as fuck. I'm going to say, is his grandpa a bajillionaire? Because that's the most useful thing anybody's invented ever. <laughs> I don't think he is. The Probably because people, just, straw people, are, lapping people are just like infringing on his patent like crazy, I bet. Uh, Justice there, for this man. Someone's yeah. the, the the master lock family. The, the most insane one we got is from Luke. My uncle Dave, Luke. who incidentally is a pretty solid Jeff Goldblum doppelganger, is so stupid rich. His dad patented the shelving units used in big box stores like oh. Costco's. Whoa. I don't wow. have a clue how much Dave is worth. However, when I was in high school, my uncle Dave, uh, my uncle Dave commissioned and built a multi million dollar houseboat like it was nothing. And fun fact. Eventually, he and my aunt got divorced and he had to sell the houseboat. And you know who bought it? Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, whose houseboat is now something of a legend in Washington, D.C. And I can confirm that the Joe Manchin houseboat is a legend. And this guy's freaking uncle paid for it with shelving unit money. God, I want shelving unit money. I don't. I need to invent something. Guys, get a patent Inventing for it. shelves has got to be so easy, too. You're just like at level and room. Make them bigger. <laughs> you talking about the ones around. that like... Click together with like little like I don't even know what they're called, but key spot key things. We should patent something, guys. We That's should. The, the problem here. now is like every new invention is you need to have like 
a computer engineering degree and there's nothing like physical that needs to be invented. Wait, should we ask chat GPT what we should invent to get rich? (laughs) Now there's an idea. I think, I think we would do great on shark tank. Just four of us walking in. (laughs) Hello sharks. All right. Beer bottles with bottle openers on the bottom. Mark Cuban thoughts. Email ringer fantasy football at gmail.com. If you have more weird families, fortunes that you know if you have bad shark tank ideas ideas that we should patent anything you ask chat gpt for things we should patent email us or also you know questions about the nfl draft and stuff email us at ring fantasy football gmail.com thank you dk thank you craig go to nfl draft.thereer.com to see dk's nfl draft guide rankings big boards going to top 85 this week nfl draft.thereer.com Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Austin, for help as always. Thank you, Lorne. Lorne. Thank you, Lorne. Thank you. Oh, who, who, give me a good band, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss Bob here. Seger. Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. All right. Also, maybe, like maybe is he the off-brand Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> Yo, the Seeger <laughs> sessions that Springsteen wow. did? Springsteen did Seeger, uh, uh, set recording sessions with... With Seeger, they rip. They absolutely rip. Bob Seeger is awesome. I love Bob Seeger. <laughs> oh, no, it's Pete He Seeger. was kind of market corrected by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, my God. Put on the song Feels, Feel Like a Number by Bob Seeger. You'll have a great oh, time. Detroit. Dude, the Pete Seeger, Bruce Springsteen, This Land is Your Land. It's pretty sick. I don't know how to respond to that sentence. Yeah, it's You're talking Seeger. about This Land is Your Land? Well, it's a cover. Yeah, they didn't write it. <laughs> Dude, Shenandoah with Springsteen and Pete Seeger. Pay me my money. Wait, are we down? talking Bob Seeger or Pete Seeger? Here? Well, I, he's talking I thought, Pete Seeger. I'm talking yeah. Bob. <laughs> I yeah. I I've never lost a thread this quickly. Yeah, I'm telling you, "Stranger in Town" is an is a fantastic album by old Bob. Old Bob. Hollywood Nights, another good. Chat one. GPT says. Um, as an AI language model, I cannot advise you to patent something random just to get rich. It's important to remember that getting rich is not solely dependent on obtaining a patent. Success and wealth typically <laughs> typically come from hard work, innovation, and They're providing They're calling value. you lazy. Yeah, tell that to the Capri Sun straw guy. Yeah. Tell Chat GPT to stop being a geek. Yeah, fuck off, Chat GPT. You haven't invented shit, Chat GPT. Chat GPT said hard work. Also, I've existed for like two months. Come on, brother. Cool. ChatGPT just steals everybody else's work. Exactly. We get it. Not the other way around. A little bit better at Googling than I am. Cool. You just read everything, nerd. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everyone.